0: What's going on, Bitcoin Accumulation Country? My name is Phil. This is the Fun with Crypto podcast. We are in season two, and this is episode 29. I want to thank everybody for joining us. I've got another great interview, very special guest. Um, I am going to be talking with Nick Newman from the Kazahodl team. And I got to sit down with him for a really incredible conversation. I, I have to admit, uh, when I was listening when I was listening to him explain his uh, his rabbit hole story, I, I was totally taken aback, and because um, I, I just didn't expect him to uh, to come from the background that he did. And again, it's my own bias; it has nothing to do with him. It was my own bias where I I kind of figured uh, that he came from a more like a technical background because of the way that I met him. Anyways, you, you guys will see in the interview. I hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, here is my interview with Nick Newman. All right, everybody in Cryptoland, thank you very much for joining us again. And with us tonight, we have a very special guest from the Kazahodl team. Um it was actually the uh, first node that uh, that I purchased was the uh the Casa node and I haven't looked back si- since then and one of the first people that uh, that I actually met from that team and that helped me out was the gentleman that's joining us tonight Nick Newman uh Nick thank you so much for joining us I really appreciate yeah. you having me on uh, having you on my show
1: Yeah thanks for having me on I'm excited
0: so uh, I obviously I, I want to get right into it. Um, you know, let's let's get started with, uh, you know, before, you know, even before you got into Bitcoin, like what's your what's your background? You know, like how did this all how did this all happen? Because you definitely work for one of the coolest companies and you're building some of the I believe some of the coolest toys out there for us.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. Um, so originally, I actually I, I started out in banking um, after I graduated from school and um Moved on from that because I just decided that I wanted to do more building on the product side. And so I uh, was then after that moved into some product management at a travel tech startup. And from there was was really when I started to learn about Bitcoin while I was working there and moved into uh, Casa after a couple of years and kind of a, a longer rabbit hole story that I can that I can go into But that's really my the the quick version of my background before joining uh, Casa.
0: That's that's really incredible. Okay, so um, and I guess that's my own bias, but I I just you know um, because you helped me technically, I didn't expect you to come from a banking background. So
1: (laughs) yeah, and it's it's funny because I you know look back on that banking background and think about how it's basically. the exact opposite of what I'm doing today with, with Bitcoin, which has significant potential to disintermediate quite of what I was quite a bit of what I was doing before.
0: So I, I guess I'm I'm going to I'm going to pry a bit on that but like uh let me ask you this cuz I I obviously I I personally don't don't have a a banking background the the listeners know I come from a you know a network administration type of background and now I specialize in something else um called access control but um essentially like did um you know, did you end up coming to the conclusion at that point? I mean, like, I'm assuming that you fully understood, you know, fractional reserve banking and like, did did it like really, you know what I mean? Like, was this like a call to arms kind of thing where you came to Bitcoin from there or?
1: I, I think um, it, it wasn't a direct transition because of that. I think what I really, really the transition was that um, in, I was working at an investment bank and we what I didn't like about it was that I felt like we were really just moving money around. We weren't really um, doing something with it. We weren't really building something. Um, we were just, you know, moving money to make money. And so um, I made the jump into being a product manager in tech after that purely because I wanted to feel like I was actually building a business and, and building products. Um, and so now being in In Bitcoin kind of a couple of hops later is something that looking back, it's just it's kind of funny just thinking about how, um, you know, Bitcoin is so much the opposite of what the current banking system stands for.
0: Oh, absolutely. And and, and obviously, I think it's amazing that, you know, somebody who comes from the banking and especially investing um, has has essentially come to the the dark side.
1: You know, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, I, I don't but know that it, I look at it as the dark side anymore. Maybe maybe no, we're on neither. the right side.
0: <laughs> I, I agree. We we were that we were the dark side, but it's it. You know what? We were never the dark side. It's always been the better side. It's just exactly the, uh, exactly. It's just the perception. So okay. So how did you? Uh, you know, like how did you find? How did you find Bitcoin?
1: Yeah. So uh, while I was working as a product manager, um, I started to hear about Ethereum actually first. And um, this was about January 2017. Somebody told me about Ethereum and um, I started looking into it and reading about it. And I was initially interested in that uh, due to some of the possibilities that um, various teams were working on like decentralized identity or DAOs. Um, And so I, I really started reading everything I could at that point about Bitcoin and Ethereum. And I, I started to learn about Bitcoin at the same time. Um, and so, one thing that really interested me about the crypto space in general is that at the time, especially, uh, it's gotten a little bit better now, but it's very arcane and it's not necessarily easily understandable for the average person. And so, I was, uh, you know, that's one of the things that I like to do is take something that's more technical and difficult and and break it down into something that is simplified and usable by the everyday person. And so I actually started out doing a small series of posts um, on Medium that took white papers, various Ethereum token white papers and broke them down and put them in um, you know, normal speak basically so anybody could understand them. And um, at this time I started to think about some potential product ideas in the space because i I just saw a huge opportunity with with bitcoin and ethereum in general and um one of the things that i realized was a huge problem was the fact that you was seed phrases you know you could lose your seed phrase and lose all your bitcoin if you you know don't have access to your wallet anymore um and that's a huge problem for mainstream adoption. I mean, people can barely keep track of the password to their Facebook account. You know, they're, <laughs> how do you expect them to keep 24 words on a piece of paper hidden somewhere in their house or something? So uh, that, that was something that I really started to focus on. And I actually signed up and participated in the ETH Denver 2018 hackathon. Um, and along with my team, we built a product called Keysplit. Which used, it was actually uh, not specific to Ethereum, um, but it took a private key and used Shamir's secret sharing to split that seed phrase into five fragments. And then you would hand those five uh, pieces out to friends or family to keep safe. And if you ever uh, lost your seed phrase or lost access to your wallet, you, you could combine any three of those five um pieces of the key and you'd get your seed phrase back and so we ended up winning the hackathon with that and so that's awesome yeah so that was a huge surprise for me coming coming out of left field because i i really didn't know any anybody in the space i didn't know my team beforehand we all met on slack um and didn't meet in person until denver at the hackathon um and so afterward, I I was working on putting together a team and trying to make it into a real business because I thought it was not just something I should leave um, kind of at the cutting room floor at the hackathon. And so at that point, somehow Jeremy, the CEO of Casa, um, heard that we had won and he reached out to me and we talked and realized we had quite a bit of alignment on our vision for some of the improvements that could be made in the space. And so I ended up joining Casa um, instead of going and building my own company on that, and that was a great decision because the Casa team is awesome, and I, I'm super happy with it, um, and, and with what we've been able to build. And so then, since joining Casa, um, I've been on a team with people like Jameson and Jeremy and Elena, who was previously the CEO of Trezor, and they're you know a bunch of very strong Bitcoiners. And I just started, and I had to learn how. Bitcoin worked because we were a Bitcoin first company and I'd previously been in Ethereum. And so I it's talked okay. to them. I know everybody goes through the phase, right?
0: <laughs> it's okay. I I everybody knows I have a, a shitcoin past. You yeah, know, exactly. And and I'm reborn. So continue. This is awesome.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so um so I started to learn about a lot more about Bitcoin from them and started reading a lot more about it specifically and really realized the the genius in its simplicity versus basically everything else out there from the uh, cryptocurrency side. And since then, since that light bulb really went off a couple of months after joining Casa, I've just been fully focused on Bitcoin and, and how we can improve the user experience of, of using and interacting and saving Bitcoin for everyday people.
0: That, that is absolutely awesome. And, and I can tell you, um, you know, being technical, but not technical enough to, you know, write my own code or anything like that. Um, having something like a CASA node, the utility node, I, I call it, you know, because that's really like for me, that's what it is, right? You know, you like a router, you buy it, you've got like, you know, your five set, you know, like your five, six steps, and you're up and running yeah exactly and and it's absolutely fantastic. so okay, so so let me ask you this um what uh, if you don't what do you do at uh, at, at Casa because like, I'm assuming like because you come from the product management background, um so I'm assuming that that's like what what do you what are you doing over there?
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm the head of product at Casa um, and so um, what that means is that I generally Try to stay out of the way of all the engineers and designers as they build awesome stuff, <laughs> and <laughs> and occasionally I give maybe a little tip here and there about uh, this. It, it would maybe be a little more usable if if it was done this way. And so, um, yeah, our, the team at Casa is is amazing. Uh, we have a, a great team of engineers and and designers and um, the rest of our team as well. And and so I, I'm super lucky to work there and. Um, really, what I guess what I do, uh, all joking aside, is um, I guide the vision and implementation for all of our products. And so, you know, when we're thinking about how do we um, make improvements to the node in a specific feature that people are requesting, I'm really initially working with the designers to. Um, come up with the the best way to do something that we've never really seen before because, you know, lightning is completely new and nobody knows how to best display managing channels, that kind of thing. And then I'm going and talking with the engineers and making sure that we can implement what we've designed and, and you know, then going through the implementation, testing it, talking to customers, getting feedback, all that kind of stuff. So I have a lot of Touch points across the product lifecycle, which is why I really enjoy product management, um, just because I I get to see kind of start to finish, what, how a product starts and and what it becomes.
0: So that that's really interesting that that you describe it that way, um, because I, I'm a tier three level technician uh, and uh, I work um, you know closely with product management and engineering, and uh, I, I can definitely say that. Um, your style of coming and talking directly with, you know, I wouldn't expect a product manager to be sitting on the Telegram chat, you know, talking about, you know, issues or, you know, UI improvements with, uh, you know, with people, you know, with the, with the people like me. So I can definitely say that that's probably a really good part of your guys' success is that you're willing to do the boots on the ground.
1: Yeah, and I think that's something that, I think that companies can easily fall into a trap of not frequently talking with their customers because they think, you know, we're just, we're too busy. We, we know what we need to build, et cetera. And I think that a good product manager is very in touch with um, his or her customers because they're the people that you're building the product for. And maybe you start out with kind of a gut feeling and you're building it for yourself. But I've had so many times when, Um, Like after the product is released and it's out there in the wild, I've had so many times when customers come to me with an idea that I would have never thought of. And so the customer feedback is just crucial to building a successful business, in my opinion.
0: Oh, I I totally agree. And actually, um, along those lines, um, I, I have to ask. Are, do you guys because I, I recall Jeremy kind of hinting to this and uh, and of course you you know say what you can because I know you can't say everything but mm-hmm. but I are you guys gonna be building like an enterprise type of node? Because I, I honestly think that people don't understand the full, you know, the full implications of, of Lightning right now. Like right now it's a bunch of us, you know, enthusiasts that are right. put that are putting our Bitcoin out there. And and I think that people don't really appreciate the the actual payment network that is that, that is actually growing out there. And I truly believe that at some point, you know, we you know, we may end up seeing not too far off that, you know, almost every single domicile you know, ends up having one of these things running.
1: So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think that right now we're focused on the end consumer because, um, from our perspective, putting nodes in as many people's hands as possible is just critical for the success of the network. Obviously, it helps secure the network, and but it also helps people um, run their own, you know, Bitcoin. Stack the full stack of Bitcoin as it was meant to be run, and so there's still a ton of work to do to um, get as many people as possible doing that. And so that's why that we're just super focused on on that and helping people with that right now. But we do actually have there are some businesses that are running Casa nodes, and you know they're not doing a ton of transactions necessarily over Lightning, but I think. Um, like for example, we had somebody write in. It was somebody in Europe who was um, e- using the Casano to take Lightning and Bitcoin payments um, at their dentist office. So they were they were running a dentistry and awesome. they were uh, taking payments in in Lightning using the Casano, node, which is just I, I thought it was great. Like totally out of left field, but super awesome to see some small businesses starting to use it. And so. I definitely think that that's a, an avenue that we could grow into in the future. But for now, we're we're focused on retail and consumers.
0: That that's actually really incredible. It, it'd be, uh, I I mean, it'd be really cool to uh, you know to see that on your site. You know, all the people using it in these different uh, in these different applications or something. You know, kind of spread, yeah. spreading the word. Let me yeah uh, exactly. Let me ask you this, um, because the, I I obviously I mean don't get me wrong. I just updated my note a couple of days ago, so you know. Th- you know Murphy's law has it that you probably are have already put in what I'm asking, but if you haven't, let me ask you this: um, Have you gotten any requests for like a reporting UI? Because I know we can see the channels and we can see the channel balances, but like I, I think like people want to know, you know, the you know, like maybe the daily or weekly change. Like somebody goes and puts, let's say, two BTC. You know, like they'd want to be able to chart, you know, to see, like, you know, what's the what's the change, you know, on the week, on the day, you know, kind of thing. Has anybody brought that type of feedback yet?
1: So we haven't really had a um, request, too, too many requests for seeing um, like Bitcoin price reporting over time, but oh, oh no. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I might have misunderstood there.
0: Oh no, sorry. I, I, no. I think it's more maybe the way I explained it. I mean, like because you know how you'll you'll go and you'll put, let's say, let's say you have one bitcoin on the node, and then half of that bitcoin goes into the channels, right? So you right. so you've got let's say you know 0.5 of a bitcoin, and now you've got all that in channels, and let's say you have it in autopilot or whatever. But like your your bitcoin amount, that 0.5 percent is technically changing if you're node is getting used because you right. are, you know, you're making incrementally a small amount of Satoshi's, whatever that number may be. And, and I think like, I think people want to be able to see that. Like I tried to do that myself with an Excel spreadsheet by, by recording my numbers every single day. And although I was able to do it, it was extremely painful.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it totally is. And that so seeing the return from your channels is definitely something that we have had requested many times. Cool. Uh, And it's it's something that we've been we've been working on designing and figuring out um, the best way to report some of this stuff because uh, if you think about it, the you know some nodes are are really well set up for routing and they are routing many more transactions than other nodes and there's a lot of people who are running nodes that maybe aren't necessarily um, super optimized and so they when they look at a reporting dashboard they're going to see that they have made very little uh, bitcoin and so (laughs) what we're trying to do is, is think about How do we then give them a way to improve that situation next? So not, we don't want to leave them with this thought of, well, I haven't made any money. So this sucks. We want to give them like, here's how you can balance your channels to make your node more attractive. To other nodes for routing, that kind of stuff. And so I've actually been talking a lot with Alex Bosworth over at Lightning Labs about uh, some of the improvements that they're making on their end to the LND protocol, which will, um, which affects how Autopilot will connect to other nodes. So for example, um, Autopilot's going to start scoring other nodes in the network based on their success in routing and so you can actually make your node more attractive to other nodes running autopilot by doing certain things in the the setup and optimization of your node and so kind of wrapped into that how many fees am i making there's a really important component of how do i uh, optimize my node what's the next step to take and so that's the really difficult part i think um to to build here and to design so that's what we've been working on
0: i i really like that that is absolutely incredible that's you know what to your point it's it's not enough to just to just have the uh, the charting and the numbers but it's how do i optimize this so i I think that's really incredible
1: yeah and, and another thing that's just interesting there is um it's not all about making fees many people are interested in how do i i don't i don't even care how many fees i'm making how do i most benefit the network and most yes. help other people route um, successfully and so um, there's also that element of it as well that that feeds into it so
0: I I totally agree. I I mean, to your point, you know, I mean, uh, originally I got into it, uh, not, it it didn't have anything to do with the fees, you know, like I knew that I could make a small amount of Satoshis anytime I routed something, but really it's about, to your point, it's about helping the network. So yeah, it's, uh, that's really incredible. So, okay. You mentioned that you're in talks with Alex and, and, uh, over at lightning lab. So I got to ask you, of course, um, Watchtowers, are you guys starting to to look at uh you know at at possibly having a, a watchtower implementation for Casa? Is that something I mean I know it's still not like you know set in stone, but I, I feel like it's really come a long way and it's it's gonna be out there soon.
1: Yeah, so I think watchtowers are really interesting and it's something that we've been keeping an eye on all of the developments that they have coming out. Um and we don't have you know anything in the works for the immediate future on that? But it's something that once they actually put it out in a major um, major release, then we'll get right on uh, looking into that and seeing how we can we can build that into the node. Because um, I think that w- watchtowers and, and the ability for people to use their node as a watchtower for friends or family or even just you know other people on the network is super interesting um and so it's you know something that that's going to be important to the the success of the network and it's just a matter of making sure that um we work on it after it is released as a final stable version because we have a lot of customers that are non-technical that we have to make sure that any updates we make you know aren't using something that's so experimental that they could lose funds kind of thing or that, you know, it could totally break something. So um, we try to wait until it gets to a major release um, that's fully public and not just a, a beta release candidate before we really start building that stuff in.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely incredible. I, I mean, really, it's uh, it, it's definitely amazing the way that you guys are really geared to the uh, to the user experience. So l- let me ask you this. Have you gotten any demand for like a uh, kind of a beefier type of node, you know, like using an SSD drive, you know, instead and, you know, or mm-hmm. maybe something because I-, I know that uh, the uh, the Raspberry Pi 4 just came out. So there's, diff- yeah. you know, there's like the what, like the one gig, two and four gig.
1: Yep. So yeah. So I think that that's something that w- we've definitely had a lot of requests for some a beefier node and we've kind of vaguely talked about this but we are working on a a second version that will have more powerful hardware and um you know especially when you get into um some of the higher channel counts you just really need a lot more of the the processing power in the in the memory from the hardware side that um the current raspberry pi doesn't necessarily give and so that's something that we will have more to share on um you know coming up but we we aren't talking too much about it yet just that we are working on it
0: it's it's super interesting let me ask i mean what do you do you think that eventually we could end up seeing like a you know kind of a a casa os on on like a server box you know
1: yeah i mean i, <laughs> I think, think about
0: it you know, it's.
1: I think that that's that's something we we've talked about because some people have actually written in and said, "Hey, I want to run my own Lightning Node on my PC, or you know, this stronger, um, like even an AWS server or something." Some some people want to do that, and but they've said, "Is there any way that I could just purchase the?" software purely of the cost of and, and utilize your guys UI. Cause we really like your design, et cetera. And that, that isn't possible right now just because our software is so um, deeply intertwined with the, the, hardware. the hardware side of it. Yeah. But um, it's definitely something that we, I think we will evaluate um, in the future on how can we just get this to as many people as possible. And so while we think it's really important, that everybody be running their node on a dedicated secure device. Um, some people don't want to do that and and we want to make sure that we can service those people and still give give them that good user experience of using Bitcoin.
0: Cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, I I was already thinking of that as soon as I used it, because to your point, uh, actually, I wanted to ask you, do you guys have a a user, a, like a a user experience group, like somebody that actually like, because I I know that in most cases, it's, it's engineers that end up kind of designing the flow. And then, you know, other, they'll get comments and feedback from other people around them of how something should kind of look. But to the most point i find a lot of times you end up with products that are you know built by engineers for engineers like do you mm-hmm. guys like do you, how do you i obviously i don't want you to give any secrets away but like do you no, ha- no. do you have a group that kind of evaluates that type of stuff like the user flow because it really is intuitive and it's not difficult to figure out
1: so <laughs> yeah i mean I, I think that we really try to when we build our products we try to come from a design first perspective and so we have a couple of really awesome designers um scott and derek who have backgrounds working at tinder and um Meundies, and they are excellent at what they do and so i'll spend a lot of time working with them to think about what the the best um and simplest user flow is for somebody to to use a product and so we don't necessarily have a dedicated user experience team but we spend a lot of time on the design side thinking about how to take these complex concepts and make them usable um and it's it's kind of funny because a lot of that requires cutting out features uh because if you're A developer building for developers, you want to give as many features and settings that you can tweak as possible. And when you're building for the everyday person, they don't want to go in and have to have all these settings that they're going to have to toggle and, and tweak and stuff before it's even running. And so what we started with was, how do we simplify this down to just the most simple and understandable process and product possible. And then um, from there, we talk to our customers and see what are the most important settings and and um, things that you want to tweak that we need to give back to you. And so, for example, lately, for obvious reasons, um, fee selection has been for on-chain transactions and opening channels has been a huge, uh, request. And so we just added that into our last release. And it was something that for a while we were just auto selecting fees for people cause it didn't matter. But now that fees are really going up, it's important that people have that control. And so we, we sat down and talked about, I talked with the engineers about, Hey, how do we, what, what are our options here with, in terms of the control we have for the on-chain transactions through L and D And then I go and talk to the designers about what do you think is the best way to um, display these features. Here's our capabilities. And so then I just kind of get out of the way and let them do their work. Uh, (laughs) But it's really just, I mean, it's a team effort, I would say, but there's not one specific team that that is focused on user experience.
0: That that is well. You know what? I that that's that's your team. <laughs> you know, it's that that's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, and and when we when we go to hire engineers, we actually put a lot of um, focus in the interviewing process on their ability to think like a user. And so, a lot of our engineers are actually have a very very good design sense um, and a, a good UX sensibility. And so. There'll be there's many times when whether it's on the mobile side or the node side, um, one of our engineers will be building something and they'll be like, oh, "Nick, this I'm looking at this and trying it out and it really does not make sense." And you know, we it was completely came from them. It's their idea, and I think that's what sets a lot of our engineering team um, apart from other. Many engineers at other companies, and so that's why I, I feel lucky to be working with the people that I do because um, they have that extra sense of of what the user needs.
0: It's it, it really is remarkable. And um, okay, so I've got uh, I, I've got one useless feature that uh, I, I wonder if people have asked you for this. Has anybody asked for a dark theme?
1: <laughs> that is. So, totally useless. We, no, dark theme's amazing. let me tell you. And um, but it
0: looks so cool. You know.
1: yeah. so that's funny because uh, our Scott and Derek, our designers, will love hearing this because they've been pushing for a dark theme for the past few months. And I've, you know, been saying, "Ah, oh, let's hold off for now. let's let's wait a little bit. and And so,, uh, yeah, I'll have to make sure that we got a or make sure to tell them that we got a, a request for a dark mode. But <laughs> yeah, I, I am a big fan of dark mode personally as well. All um, my and, stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I immediately switched Twitter over to dark mode when they released that and it, it looks great. And we, we've actually put in some, some dark mode stuff um, in our Keymaster app that, um shows the you know on the, some of the main key set screens it's it's in dark mode and it looks amazing and so i definitely am on the same page with you there we're just uh you know we have to we have to balance our priorities so it, it'll it'll come though I, i'm sure
0: it's a uh it's it's a it's a cosmetic enhancement that goes all the way to the bottom of the list i, I...
1: <laughs> you know the 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 cosmetic enhancement that I like to joke about that we just recently added was the ability to change your node color in explorers. And that was something that we heard from people for, for yes. a while. And I, I was always saying, you know, like, oh, why, why do we need this? It, it, it does nothing and it. You know, I, we always joked around it, but enough customers were repeatedly requesting that they wanted to be able to change their node color and explorers and so we we just added it at like two two releases ago and it's fun but it's you know it's one of those just fun things that you get to eventually and so
0: exactly and and i totally don't blame you for joking about that one but yes i do remember not being able to change it from that blue and I'm yep. like, and yep. I'm like, why? <laughs> I'm like, why is everyone else getting all these colors and I'm not? Yep. So, that's awesome. Okay. So, um, so let me ask you this, uh, Nick, I, I, uh, obviously I don't want to take up, you know, too much of your time and, and I really appreciate it. So let me tell you, I, it's been so, it's been so amazing. Do you, um, do you have any, um, do you have any final thoughts for the uh for the listeners? Actually, you know what? Before before we go to uh, to final thoughts, there was a um I was listening to a podcast I just thought of this now. I was listening to uh, Stefan Levera uh interviewing um uh is, is it uh, uh Arena Elena? Elena. thank you. I'm yeah. sorry. And uh she oh, was, yeah, no worries. she she was saying that uh, that you wrote this uh, this really interesting article on um on your guys' on your guys' blog page about I don't know if it was personal security or or being hacked. It was on the uh, the blogs dot uh, sorry the blog keys casa page.
1: Yeah, so we let's see. Um, I'm trying we to have.
0: I was trying to find it.
1: So we we have a few um, articles about that. Like for example, there's one. Um, We have one that's about how to uh, be better with your your Bitcoin OPSEC. We have another one that is um, what to do if you're the victim of a data breach. Um, So we we have a few things like that and we try to put these articles on the blog that help uh, the everyday person understand uh, not only what Bitcoin is, but also just how to keep themselves secure from a more general sense. And so that's something that, um, I think we posted this a couple weeks ago yeah. and um, it, it, it's a short article, but it's helpful and hits the high points of why would you want to, um, make, you know, check if you're the victim of a data breach and how would you do that? And then if you find out that you are, what do you want to do next? What are the next steps? And so, um, yeah, that's something that we, we think is really important just to, to help people not only understand not not only understand bitcoin and run a node etc but to to maintain their overall cybersecurity.
0: Well, I'm going to post a link to the obviously to the Casa page um and I'm going to post a uh so um do you also have do do you have a a medium a medium page?
1: So we, we actually transitioned away from medium. I think we have a page still up there, but it's not really up to date. Um, we transitioned away from medium just because we were starting to see a lot of the, um, things that medium was doing around some of the censorship that we really weren't, um, weren't big fans of. And so we moved over to our own blog just to, to self hosted and, um, to get off of that that platform, so that we could we could control our own destiny.
0: Okay, so I'll post a link to obviously the uh, the Casa page, but I'll also post a link to your uh, your blog page. So, um, do you have any uh, any final thoughts for the uh, for the listeners? Anything you want to uh, leave with the uh, Fun with Crypto podcast, folks?
1: Yeah. So I think that um, something that um, you know is just a, a final thought is that we. One of the things we like to talk about at CASA is the what we call the fourth wave of computing. And so we, if you look back at some of the various previous waves of computing, it started out in mainframes where these big machines and people's um, in offices and nobody really owned their own uh, computer at that point. And then it, it shrunk significantly and everybody started owning their own PCs, but everything was local. Um, all the file storage was local, et cetera. There wasn't a ton of internet access. And then in the third wave, um, internet came around and things started moving into the cloud. And suddenly nothing was held locally on your computer and everything's in the cloud. And turns out that's not great for privacy. And so now we think that this fourth wave is coming driven by Bitcoin and we really see it A lot of the secure, um, very privacy sensitive information that is currently held in the cloud coming back down to be held locally on a device like a node. And so um, not only are you um, interacting with the Bitcoin network from this device, which is already a huge step forward but maybe you start storing some of your more personal data only on this device rather than keeping it in the cloud uh, where it can be reached by others and so um we think that that really has been enabled by bitcoin and by this new wave uh, of networking from node to node and that's something that i've just been thinking about lately and it's something that we talk about frequently at casa but it's it's happening more and more as the lightning network grows and as as bitcoin um, becomes more popular and people understand it more i think that the industry in general uh, the computing industry will really make a shift towards that Um, and just an example that that's pretty interesting is um, you know microsoft had their announcement about decentralized identity and how they think that these identities will be managed by people in their own homes um, on secure, separate computing devices. And that's why they reached out to us about partnering with them on that. And so that's something that we want to bring to node owners in the future after after Microsoft does a little more development on their end to enable that. And so that's some just some things that are happening under the surface that I think are, are really going to be interesting for the industry over the next year or so.
0: That is incredibly cool i I did not realize that that is that that is amazing and um to your point i, I think that um I think that you know privacy is becoming more personal and that that whole self sovereignty is is really it, it's you know it 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 kind of sounds corny but it's almost becoming
1: cool you know yeah yeah so, and and the, as more people get used to the idea of it being important um it's just going to happen faster and faster because, you know, privacy a year ago, most people didn't really care about it. You know, they've got all their information on Facebook and Google, etc. And now all the breaches and articles that have been coming out for the last two years are finally starting to, to get into people's heads and they're finally starting to flip over to realizing why protecting their personal privacy is important. And so... Um I think that'll only accelerate over the next next year and that's really in everything we build we're really trying to hit on that um ability to protect your own personal privacy and and to to manage your own sovereignty so uh,
0: it's it's really really incredible uh thank you again for uh you know for for sharing and taking the time to uh to come on my show um so if, if people want to reach you, what would uh, what would you say would be the, uh, the best way to, uh, to contact you?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, thank you very much for having me. It's, it's been fun. And um, the best way to contact me is probably uh, on Twitter at N Newman. And then um, you can also go to the CASA Twitter. It's at CASA HODL. And then um, you can always check us out on, on Telegram and our Telegram channel or, um, you know, message us personally on Telegram.
0: Very cool. Thank you so much again for being with us. Yeah, thank you. I hope you enjoyed my discussion with Nick Newman from the Casa Hodel team. Uh, his contact details are going to be in the show notes. If you want to reach me, uh, you can find me on Twitter or Telegram. I'm at CoinIcarus. Or if you want to reach me by email... You know, just drop me a line. Let me know what you like, what you don't like. Uh, any feedback is welcome. Uh, you can find me, I'm fun with crypto at protonmail.com. Catch you all next time.